0: Hey, guys, Craig here, and uh, this is not an ad, by the way. We don't do ads on Craig's list, but this is a plug. This is a plug for a friend's podcast. Uh, you might remember Jonathan Dinerstein from our Psycho episode where he talked about the uh, Bernard Herrmann score for that movie, and uh, he also is the composer for this podcast. He did our opening music, and he wrote and sings the Carlos Quotes theme song. Uh, very funny and cool guy who is a composer, uh, as well as being a terrific piano player, he and his friend Andy Borison, who is also a musical director and composer, have a new podcast called "Settling the Score," in which they discuss film music. Uh, as a matter of fact, they're going through the AFI list. I love lists of the top twenty-five scores in uh, American cinema history. Uh, they have three episodes up already on iTunes: "How the West Was Won," which uh, on Golden Pond, which is the score by Dave Grusin, and "The Mission" by film composer legend Ennio Morricone. I was lucky enough to get an advance uh, listen to some of these episodes of Settling the Score. And it's a really informative and entertaining podcast. If you love movies and if you love music and if you love movie music like I do, you'll learn a lot about the role of a composer in uh, augmenting a movie and making it better. And uh, John and Andy kind of debate uh, whether these – Uh, scores really belong on the afi top 25 list i hope they'll continue the podcast after they're done with the top 25 uh because it's really uh interesting and fun so please if you're a craigs listener uh subscribe on itunes and elsewhere to settling the score and now this week's episode in a world where a man loves movies and loves lists and keeps a list of his 100 favorite movies for over 30 years. What if he made his wife watch those movies in order? And what if he made her talk about it on a podcast? Would she like them? Would she hate them? Can this marriage possibly survive this podcast? Find out what will happen in a world called Craig's List. And now Craig Kikowski interviews Craig Kikowski about Craig's List. Why a podcast? Well, I like movies and I like talking about them, so I thought it would be fun to do a podcast. Why Carla? Well, she's my wife and she goes along with it, and she also likes movies and likes talking about them. Is your marriage going to end? We don't know about that. Right now it seems to be going fine. Why stop making sense? Well, it's my 48th favorite movie of all time, and it's easy to compute things like that. Uh, You just simply decide that it's better than all these other movies, but not as good as these 47 other movies. (laughs) Hi, Craig's listeners. But it, you
1: have to watch the special features to get what you just did.
0: Well, it's it's kind of obscure, the thing that I'm referencing. I think <laughs> our guest has probably seen it, but there's a, there's a bit on the DVD where David Byrne interviews David Byrne about Stop Making Sense. Also, if you bought the album, there was a series of questions like, why a big suit? Why a band? Why a tour? Oh. Uh, so... Yeah, that was my that was David Byrne as Craig Kikowski. Uh just two guys on the spectrum somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, finding finding common ground. Uh hi Carla. Hi, Craig. Uh we're gonna talk about Stop Making Sense today. I know. This is my <laughs> this is episode fifty three. This is number forty eight on Craig's list, and this is the second of two documentaries. The first one, do you recall Man what the Man on Wire yeah. was the first one, the more of a traditional documentary, mm-hmm. and this one is a concert film. It's a music video. Well, we're gonna, <laughs> Carla, we're gonna get into that a little bit. Uh, Carla doesn't believe this is a movie. Hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, our guest can help me change her mind uh, on this subject. Uh, but, yeah, it's a it's a concert film that Jonathan Demme directed in 1984 uh, mm-hmm. featuring the Talking Heads mm-hmm. uh, or just Talking Heads, I believe is, is correct. I'm getting confirmation <laughs> on that mm-hmm. uh, featuring Talking Heads on their Speaking in Tongues tour. Uh, uh, so that's uh, David Byrne, Tina Weymouth, uh, uh, Jerry Harrison and uh, Chris France are the uh, are the band as long along with the five other musicians. Uh, can you name them all? Bernie Worrell, Steve Scales, Alex Weir, Lynn Mabry, and Edna Holt, constituting the touring edition of uh, Talking Heads. Uh, This was shot at the Pantages Theater in Hollywood, where Hamilton is currently playing, Wow! uh, over three nights in December of 1983, and uh, was a big part of my teen years, and I I hope that you enjoyed watching it as much as I enjoyed (laughs) revisiting it. But first of all, we have a guest today, and you know her as chelsea late lee on the television show bajillion dollar properties is it a television show <laughs> it's a show Do we call it that well i I'm, hope so i'm old school that way when i say television show. i like that yeah. but, but I then i have to tell my auntie
2: because then they'll be like what where can i get it on my television and i'm yeah. like well
0: <laughs> well it's actually on a streaming service well it's not well, even it's on not. that
2: <laughs> <laughs> but it is now on itunes Cool oh, our showrunner told us to, to promote that today starting today that's i don't know when uh, this will air but
0: that's awesome so finally canadians can see it
2: canadians and maybe the uk sorry the
0: rest of the world
2: but well, yeah seasons well, one this through three. season oh just seasons one through three yeah we need a home for season four before they can sell it i guess
1: i see yeah
0: anyway it's a very funny show it uh there is a, a janitor character on it who's recurring. Who's He's pretty great. Who's pr- pretty great.
2: Fan favorite, I would say. A fan a favorite. Janitor. A janitor. <laughs> what did you say?
0: I said a janitor. Oh, okay. But I probably slurred it a little bit, and uh, so it sounded like uh, jan- do you to a play janitor. A janitor. Yeah, that's else? me. That's me. I play Todd the janitor <laughs> on Bajillion Dollar Properties. There's so there's three great seasons already out on yeah. iTunes, and hopefully a fourth season that will.
2: Somewhere, it somewhere. It's
0: already out the, there and edited. The
2: Crest White Strips streaming platform will have to pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> the Lorna Dune Cookies <laughs> channel or whatever the hell. <laughs> uh.
0: I would totally subscribe to Crest White Strips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Tawny Newsom is her name. If Hi. I didn't say that, <laughs> I didn't let you. I started interrupting you. Tawny.
1: Tony. Tony. Tony.
0: And Tony, you might be the guest. Uh, who I locked in earlier than anybody else on this podcast <laughs> I because <love> <laughs> I think I started talking to you about guesting on this episode when we w- really had only recorded a couple episodes, so almost a year ago.
2: Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it was at Outside Lands in San Francisco, so that was a year ago.
0: Yeah, yeah. we were doing uh, Spontaneous Nation at Outside Lands with Fred Armisen, was Paul's guest for that episode, and you had... Shot uh final transmission, which is the documentary now parody of stop yeah. making sense with Fred,
2: yeah, my life started like folding in on itself like weird comedy origami. <laughs> <laughs> But it was very cool.
0: And so I started talking to you about uh, shooting that and then found out that you had played in a Talking Heads tribute band.
2: Yeah, which is sort of how I got the final transmission gig because they were looking for backup singers and they were just like, oh, send a self-tape of you singing. And so I knew that like all the real backup singers in L.A. were going to. Probably submit for this and sure. frankly outsing me. Yeah. So I literally. And they're 20 like,
0: feet from stardom. They truly all those are. People, they, yeah.
2: they stay there. <laughs> they not a foot closer or further behind. Um, so I sent in footage of me in that actual band. I sent in like, cause we had made like a movie. We used to recreate Stop Making Sense every year we did it. Five, I did it with them five years um, and so I sent in that footage and the casting director was like I think she was a little like whoa like that's <laughs> commitment you kind of like Tracy flicked us a little bit but also <laughs> also she was like you got the job and they actually hired my uh, other bandmate from it oh. who had never had a TV credit before wow that's
1: amazing it
2: was very cool what a
1: great like that's never gonna happen again no <laughs> and can you imagine if it did, if I hadn't gotten
2: it yeah <gasps> oh man I would be so depressed yeah, that's amazing.
0: I do know a fair amount of actors who have auditioned for roles in LA that w- are w- are their names and were based on them <gasps> and did were not cast in the role no. of themselves. Where their friend wrote them a role basically based on uh. who they were. Yeah, uh,
1: Steve A.G. I said his last name right. Yeah. Um, I just read his last name all the time, so I was like, this "Is my <laughs> second right?" <laughs> <Yeah.
0: Yeah>. Steve A.G. <laughs> but Steve
1: A.G. <laughs> uh, but he tweeted. I don't know. It could have been last week or a year ago because all social media just blurs together my brain. But he tweeted that he had just gone out for a Stevie Agee type that day. (laughs) So weird. (laughs) And I don't think he booked him. Oh, no. No. So crazy.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm glad you got it. I'm glad yeah. Got oh,
2: it. me too. It was so much fun.
0: And I actually, I just watched the trailer for this mu- It Was the band called This Must Be the Band? Or was that? Yeah, m- okay.
2: Yeah. My, our Talking Heads tribute back in Chicago. Okay. Yeah. It was called what? This Must Be the Band. This Must Be the
0: Band. Named after the song This Must Be the Place, mm-hmm. uh, Naive Melody. Yeah. AKA. <laughs> <laughs> but not every show was a recreation of Stop Making Sense. That was just an occasional show? Or?
2: Yeah. That was like a yearly thing we would do. We'd, uh, we did the Vic a couple times. We did the Riviera one year that was like very big um but yeah so it was a regular touring band my friends charlie otto and casey foster who if they're hearing this they just had a baby so congrats to them congrats guys um they are this married couple who have an original band called Grud that's fantastic and to kind of pay the bills in between gigs they were like well let's start doing kind of like a cover thing touring the college market and talking heads are wildly popular in the jam circuit still so they'd go play like after shows after like Wilco sh- or uh, sorry, not Wilco, fish shows fish, and stuff, yeah. yeah. And then they started doing these huge, elaborate, like almost like a play, because we'd do the costumes and we'd say all the banter in between. So we'd completely recreate, stop making sense, and that's when I joined them.
0: It's incredible. uh First of all, the guy does an amazing David Byrne.
2: Oh, Charlie, yeah, he's yes. amazing.
0: And, uh, I mean, he looks like him. He sounds like him and he knows all of the moves. Yeah. You know, and, uh, but then just the look uh, of the show perfectly recreates Demi's, uh, yeah. Look. And then the, the stage set of stopping since that they did on that tour. And it's so great.
2: Thanks. Yeah. They were incredibly detailed. I remember getting lights and you know, there's no producer. It was just us like being kids putting it together ourselves. And it, I remember going to Home Depot because Charlie sent me there to get spotlights so that we could do the shadows for cross-eyed and painless. Or not cross-eyed, I'm sorry, for, uh, what a day. Yes. So he's like, okay, this is the wattage they have to be to cast the right shadow. It was nuts. <laughs> That's so fun.
0: Now, uh, when you joined the band, were you already a fan of Talking Heads or had you s- had you seen the movie? Not hugely.
2: No, and I had not seen the movie. I um, used to sing at this venue in Chicago called Martyrs and I sang with like a Rolling Stones cover band a couple of times. I was just kind of like this backup singer for hire. And so the owner of Martyrs hooked me up with Charlie when they were he knew they were looking for additional singers. So I just like met Charlie and Casey and were like, I like these guys. And we kind of became friends really fast and they – asked me to do the gig and then I watched the show I watched the movie probably 35 times just that like month because I had to get every move every wave they were so intricate (laughs) wow yeah it's amazing I still like it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, were you Edna Holt or Lynn Mabry? I was Lynn Mabry. Okay.
2: Yeah. Casey played Edna Holt because Casey's like – she's kind of got like a clowning background. She's a Red Moon uh, Theater Company member and she wanted to – which is this big like experimental theater in Chicago. She really wanted like the big faces that Edna makes and like – Edna's kind of like a puppet. She's amazing. And Lynn's like a little more like pulled together and like – too cool for school so we definitely like played into those roles
0: (laughs) oh my gosh it's amazing and even just describing band members in terms of characters because that is one of part of how i will pitch to you that this is a movie carla because i think jonathan demi directs it in such a way that the band members start to feel like characters with different relationships and a lot of watch the charms of the movie are watching the little relationships that get created on stage
2: i think so like you look at alex weir Alex Weir is so extra that whole film, even when, you know, because you read about like what David Byrne wanted. He had them all in gray. He wants, you know, he didn't want them in white or black or some bright color to draw the eye. He wanted everyone to kind of like blend. He wanted this militaristic sort of look. Alex Weir is like doing high kicks, running around, like his (laughs) face when you look at him, he's always got his tongue out. Like he's he's in another band.
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i did think that when at the end when he was introducing everybody by name
2: that that guy was like
1: Ooh. i was like that guy's doing coke or something
2: they were <laughs> all doing so much cake. you look at bernie <laughs> Warrell up there doing those like insane keyboard solos and he's just like <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is
0: 1983 it was obligatory like you uh, yeah. couldn't you couldn't sure. get out from doing that yeah
2: and having done that I was like, this life during wartime is an exercise video because you're just jogging for six minutes and trying to sing. I was like, this has to be cocaine. Yeah. Because I was doing this when I was 24 the first time I did this gig. And I was like, this sucks. I'm dead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, I thought that David Byrne was famously clean living, but maybe, maybe that's not true. I don't know. It,
2: doesn't it seem like he was clean during it and no one else was?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that might be true. Yeah.
2: Like I could see a sober David Byrne being like, "And I need a big suit." And then everyone else being like, "We need drugs to do this."
0: <laughs> <laughs> How
1: are we going to get through this drugs?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean the the whole show feels like an aerobic workout. I mean, yeah. it's it's insane. Uh and then shooting a uh, final transmission for documentary now, it's it's more of a style parody of uh stop making sense, but the the Degree that they recaptured the exact look of the movie is astonishing. Like, they did such a good job.
2: They really did. And so it's a fake
0: 80s band that Fred Armisen came up with. It's kind of like Talking Heads, but then they do kind of other style parodies during it. Was
2: there a
1: live audience there?
2: There was, yeah. And they did not expect as many people as came because it was kind of thrown together. Not thrown together. They planned it meticulously but the live show aspect they were like well we'll put this on social media like three days before it was at the uh, Mission Theater in San Gabriel um, and they were like we'll just see how many people come out to this and we'll just have to cut in some weird shots you know thankfully in the real stop making sense you don't get a lot of crowd shots purposefully so I think they were like we don't really need to have this huge crowd yeah they were expecting like 200 people and I think like 2,000 people came or wow. something it was, and they were all dressed in eighties gear. Oh my god! People were so pumped, and we just did the whole show twice, just like a live show with like minimal stops. It was great,
1: amazing.
2: Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I love that show. Period. If you haven't seen it, I think uh, the whole thing is available on Netflix. Documentary but now. Documentary mm-hmm. now. It's always uh, there's a specific documentary that they are parroting, but then they've plugged in new specifics to each one. You know, but if if you don't already think Bill Hader is the greatest comic actor of his generation. <laughs> like watching even two back to back documentary now episodes, much less the entire series will prove that because he is so versatile and so amazing and everything he gets to do on that show.
2: And he learned to play the bass for a final transmission. <laughs> Did he really? Yeah, that's really him playing that. We, we are all actually playing and singing Maya's playing that synthesizer. Yeah. It's really incredible. We had the drummer, uh, uh, John. Wooster, am I mixing him up? Yeah, from Super Chunk. Yeah. Playing drums. And then, uh, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, that's
1: so funny because when he picked up the bass, I was like, oh, of course you can play a musical instrument." <laughs> I was
0: like,
1: really irritated. He really that he's so talented. Fucking hater. Yeah. <laughs> a fucking hater can do everything.
0: <laughs> Carl is a hater hater. No, Ooh. I love him.
1: I think he's great.
0: But it down to the the font of the titles, and then the shot of Fred coming in, like David Byrne comes in from his feet, you know, yeah. walking up to the mic. <laughs> Except he has a, a little robot toy instead yeah. of a boombox for some reason. So <laughs> silly. Uh,
1: that is great. That does really kind of. <laughs> nail the whole tone even though that doesn't exist in the real
2: movie yeah it's like the perfect amount of like loving heightening yes it's like appreciation for it but then like this is a little nuts right yeah
0: (laughs) so uh the movie well i I guess i'll talk a little bit about my history of the movie uh i've talked about a lot yeah talked about my friend andrew a lot on this show Uh, Basically any movie that came out in the 80s I watched over and over with him and this one was no exception. I don't know that I was a big Talking Heads fan before this movie came out. I didn't see it in the theater but I saw it on home video and Andrew and I probably watched this, I don't know, 10 or 15 times. Uh, at his house on, uh, on VHS. And, uh, so this is the movie that really kind of cemented my love, uh, of the band. I think, oh, uh, Carla, prior to this movie, if somebody had asked you to name a Talking Heads song, would you be able to come up with one?
1: What about post this movie? <laughs> <laughs> so like now.
0: <laughs> but I think no, in watching the movie, no. there were probably five or six songs that you instantly knew. Yeah. And, uh, such well, as.
1: If, if they had said, can you sing part of one? I would have been like, uh letting the days go by da, da, that one yeah that so one
0: you I knew, knew you knew, I knew that, was
2: talking that was heads. talking heads yeah. yes
1: i don't think i knew any of the others were yeah. talking. <laughs> burning down
2: the house oh that's yeah usually I, yes
1: but i don't know that i knew that that was talking heads but here's the thing you guys i have to have a disclaimer before we get into
0: okay. this okay disclaimer
1: i'm not a big music person <laughs> that's okay and now everybody is rolling their eyes and what i mean by that is i like music and i like what i like and i listen to that a lot but i'm not one of those people who's like oh i love this song from This band that, you know... Yes. I just don't know music that way.
0: And I know... I know the band. I know the members. I know the song. I know the album. I know the music video. I know who directed the video. I'm, I don't know if this has come across on this podcast, but I'm just as nerdy about music as I am about movies. I actually have a top 100 albums list. I have a top 500 songs list. Is that the next podcast? I hope not. Yeah, I hope so because. You want
1: to be the (laughs) co-host? No problem. I'm on it. (laughs) You guys, that would be a really good pairing, I think.
0: (laughs) You're trying. You can't get out of it, Carla.
1: Uh, it's not that I don't know music though, because like I listen to the radio all the time growing up, so then songs will play and I can sing all the lyrics, mm. but I just yes. never know like this is the name of the song and this is the band
0: <laughs> absolutely I mean, I uh, mean,
1: because bo- we've been in the car together and I've been able to sing stuff. we've been in the car together like once. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Ever. Ever. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we have two cars. I don't know
2: why I feel like I need to apologize, but because this is... (laughs) Because music fans are crazy, so I get why you feel... But I think it's it's better, because then if you have opinions about this movie that I love and that you didn't really love it, I'm like, well, that's okay. She doesn't really love... Most music, stuff. exactly. So, exactly, it protects you. Thank you.
0: Yeah. And I'm definitely not bragging. Like it's a curse, you know, to, <laughs> to know that much about stuff. You know, do you
1: file things away in your brain in a weird way.
0: It's just the way that my brain works. Yeah. You know, I I listened to Casey Kasem's Top Forty every week from 1979 to 1985. <laughs> I wrote down the Top Forty. I did my own charts. You know, predicting the year-end charts, <laughs> and then when they would do like the Top 50 of the year, I would see how my predictions compared. You know, (laughs) you know, it's who I am. I'm Uh, kidding. Yeah. Uh, and so I I think this movie really solidified my love of this band that I mostly just kind of knew through Burning Down the House, which was a a big hit in, uh,
1: Burning Down the House in 83. Yeah, you
0: got it. Uh, but it, it just looked like so much fun to be on stage with that band and also interesting, you know, to, to get to know a movie as a teenager, and then to watch it in your forties later, like to me, like they were all adults, and now like I watch it of like, oh, look at those kids up there. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they're probably all in their early thirties. Yeah,
2: I think they're all younger than I am now.
0: Yeah, mm. Bernie Wor- Worrell was probably older because he had been in P Funk yeah, like he was back in the a 70s. founding member, right? Like yes.
2: P-funk?
1: Yeah, isn't that weird when you're watching something and you're like, oh man, this thing that I loved when I was younger, I'm now older than all the people in it.
2: Clueless.
0: Clueless,
2: yes. <laughs> paul rudd in that movie is like 10 years younger than i am oh now. my
0: god and he still looks exactly the same i'm
2: so mad at him
0: <laughs> fuck that guy he and
2: bill hater are the worst <laughs>
0: uh, no no
2: no we'll never work in comedy <laughs> again <laughs> <laughs> <Everyone> be quiet
1: <laughs> but we were watching christmas vacation a couple years ago and you said that beverly D'Angelo was my age yeah, and I lost my oh. mind. <laughs> I lost
2: my mind, and, and what she's she, got like three kids in that, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Like she teenagers. was also playing a mom, super young, like in va- the original Vacation. She was way too young, I think, to play the role. She might have been twenty seven or twenty eight. Okay. You know,
2: that's like Mandel, our bajillion castmate. She just got cast in the CBS thing. Very happy for her, but she's playing the mom of a fourteen year old. Yeah, that's crazy. I was like, yeah, they're gonna have to age you up. <laughs> yeah,
0: seems <laughs> nuts. Uh, so. I, I've come back to this movie many times over the years. I feel like it's been on the list the whole time. Mm-hmm. The whole time.
1: The whole time.
0: And uh, when it was re-released in theaters in 1999, I went to see it oh. at uh, at Piper's Alley uh, <laughs> next to Second City <laughs> yeah. in Chicago. And people literally got up and danced during the movie.
2: Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> you can't help it.
0: <laughs> uh, only that and Rocky Horror uh, mm-hmm. are probably the, the two movies that that's happened during
1: Sound of music.
0: <laughs> sure, everybody gets up. A lot of dancing. Yeah, during Lonely Goat Herd. Are you, you kidding? You
1: spin like you're <laughs> on top of the mountain.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, so, yeah, I, I get it. Uh, if you're not, if you're not a fan of Talking Heads, like, uh, well, you don't have to be a fan necessarily. But if you're not really into the music of Talking Heads, then this movie isn't going to do much for you. Uh but ta- I think
1: like if you're not into okay, so if you don't like the talking heads, obviously you're not gonna like this.
0: This will be a bad choice. But yeah. if
1: you're just like you don't care either way, yeah, it's an interesting thing to sit down and watch. Yeah. Okay, just yeah, clarify. That's good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a begrudging Uh, admission yeah from yeah
1: if you don't care either way it's like definitely interesting the guy wears a giant suit and moves (laughs) around like a robot it's really weird
2: (laughs) there's weird slides up you know there's a lot going on yeah
0: uh tawny do you want to make a pitch that this is a movie
2: Mm. yes and here's why because as someone who wasn't a big talking heads fan before i watched it i think i was like that i was like sure i guess i like burning down the house Watching it but I, but I was a musician, so it feels like and, and it's intentional. the camera work and the shots replicate the feeling of being on stage with them as opposed to you don't get a bunch of big wides, you don't get a bunch of like big power shots of the whole band looking amazing you don't get a bunch of crowd reactions telling the audience how to feel you are just like in it and you're like and they focus on weird stuff like they ended um uh take me to the river which you know huge vocal ending with that with the women singing and like huge guitar riffs and everything they ended just on this lonely shot of jerry harrison just kind of like playing the key, the synth like a little <laughs> bit and it's like what a. <laughs>
0: and he's just a really interesting choice yeah Yeah, because he's kind of like the the most uh subdued member of the band so
2: subdued he looked like he doesn't make an expression the whole movie (laughs) so to me that's why i say it's a movie because it's uh it's trying to immerse you in the world like a documentary so i think as a musician that's why i it spoke to Mm -hmm. me because those like listening moments you have on stage some of my favorite times playing with bands is when I'm not singing. There's something amazing happening right next to me, and my only job is just to like soak it in and listen. And if anyone's looking at my face at that time, like I'm not the show, you know, I'm not what's going on, but like I feel like this movie captured that. So for me, it like it, I really loved it. <laughs>
1: That's really cool. That's really interesting.
0: I, I found an interview with Jonathan Demme from 1984 that he did for LA Weekly when, oh, cool. the, when the film came out. So I'll tweet that uh, when we put out this episode. Uh, but he made an interesting. which was he saw it as a performance film not a concert film Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said, like, a concert film is The Last Waltz, which is, you know, Martin Scorsese's document of, uh, the band's last concert that right. had, like, Bob Dylan and Neil Diamond and Joni Mitchell. And it's like, uh, here's this uh, event, this big event that happened once. And here's our document of it. It's a concert film, you know? Yeah. And then so, like, Woodstock would probably be along those lines or Gimme Shelter, the, the Rolling Stones, uh, Altamont film. But he saw this as a performance film to put you in the front seat and make it feel like the band was performing just for you. That makes total sense. And so I do feel like when I put it on that I'm I'm right there in the middle of the show and the talking heads are performing for me.
2: Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I I guess I'm I'm always trying to insert myself into the action, so I felt like I was on stage with them.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: Both are valid stories and
2: journeys, <laughs> and say more about us than about the film.
0: <laughs> There's also a moment where he follows uh, around a lighting guy, like a guy yeah. that, who's just holding up a giant uh, arc spotlight, light, right? Dude. Or spotlight, mm-hmm. yeah. That he's, he's on stage and kind of follows this guy around uh, a little bit.
2: Yeah, the crew does kind of. The crew becomes characters too.
0: <clears throat> uh the other thing, the thing that made Jonathan Demme want to shoot it as a movie, I guess they must have begun and ended their tour in Los Angeles because Jonathan Demme saw the show at the beginning of the tour at the Greek theater mm. and uh, he did not know the band previously and he approached them uh, and he was like, this needs to be a movie.
2: Oh, wow. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. Uh But David Byrne had already conceived of the concept of the show, which starts with him alone on stage singing uh, psycho killer by himself. The stage is blank. You see the brick wall and back and everything. Uh, you bring in Tina Weymouth, uh, on bass. you bring in Chris France on drums, you bring in Jerry Harrison on keyboards, you know, so you're adding one band member at a time for each song. Gradually more and more stage sets, you know, the drum kit is wheeled out, you know, uh, the, the stage hands are slowly starting to assemble the stage. The curtains start to drop. There's projection screens now behind them. Uh, uh, so David Byrne kind of saw it as the story of the band a little bit, mm. uh, which Chris France uh, is still pissed off about because he's like, I started the band, I'm <laughs> not David Byrne. Okay. I, asked, I asked my wife to be in the band. You know? Chris
2: France can be salty though, but he also like stuck it to David a little bit, but he didn't wear the gray shirt. You know, he just like grabbed a blue shirt. He like, I feel like there's evidence throughout the whole thing of Chris France being like, ah, this is some bullshit, right? <laughs> Which one is he? He's the
1: drummer. the drummer, the drummer,
2: and Tina Weymouth's boyfriend and still husband.
0: Yes.
1: Oh, so she and David weren't together. No, no never.
0: No, Tina and Chris oh. were a husband and wife, and then they had the Tom Tom Club as well. Oh right. So you definitely knew Genius of Love. Yeah. how when did they- that go again? What you gonna do when you get out of jail? Oh,
2: yeah. I'm gonna have some fun. Right. That's really
0: fun. Uh, which is such a famous, iconic song, but that's their side project, Tom Tom Club, which is basically that song is thrown in there so David Byrne can change into the big suit.
1: <laughs> yeah. Gotcha.
0: <laughs> but that was a big hit, uh, at the time. And, you know, even more of an iconic song now that it's been sampled so many times, uh, Mariah Carey. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the band still has a lot of bad blood. This was their final tour, which I didn't realize. Like, yeah. not, a, they did put out a few more albums after this, but they never toured again. No, after really? this tour. Yeah.
1: They must not have liked each other.
2: Yeah. I, someone, I read an, an interview with Tina Weymouth and she said something like, I've tried to be friends with David. It's just not like possible. So I don't even know <laughs> if they're like actually angry at one another. I think it's just like there wasn't a lot of love there. It was just kind yeah. of a job maybe for them. I don't
0: know. And back to Chris France's shirt. Oh, yeah. When you listen to the commentary track, uh, there's a shot of Chris France and then David Byrne comes on. He's like, Chris wore a polo shirt for this. (laughs) A lot of people accused us of being a preppy band. Uh, And I guess this kind of proves that.
2: Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I bet he was so mad about that damn shirt. He goes on in his book, in Burns' book, how music works. He goes on and on about the choice to use gray, like a neutral tones like gray. It's like he has this whole, I won't recap it here cuz I'll mess it up. He has this whole theory about what it does for the audience. So to have Chris and like I feel like one uh one show he's wearing a, like an olive green one and then the other one just like a teal blue. <laughs>
0: I guess there, there are some continu, there's some continuity problems too, because we shot over three nights at the Pantages. And
2: it seems like, I mean, Tina's wearing like an obviously different outfit. And so what it seems like they kept consistent was like first half, she's in this like coveralls thing. Second half, she's in this like tighted, you know, little dress. But other people, it kind of goes back and forth. So I I guess people were just like, whatever's clean, (laughs) we're going to put on. (laughs) Right.
0: But I, watching the movie, I don't really think about that, but knowing you know the story behind it then i can be like oh yeah that doesn't add up and yeah. and then so then there's audio from different nights that doesn't sync up to the image from that night and
2: And you had the original soundtrack you said? Yeah. So I heard that that original sound, because I've only ever had the remastered one that they did in, what, nine? did they do it in 99 when they re-released it? Yeah,
0: and then I think they put out all the songs that are in the movie. The original album only had nine of the songs, I think.
2: Yeah, it only had nine, and it was like Frankenstein together from the live footage and some weird studio tracks, right? Didn't they like try to paste it together?
0: I think so, yeah.
2: And I feel like those, I feel like it didn't make sense for people who had seen the film. And they were like Out of Order, I read? Yes, which is so weird, given how meticulous Byrne was about the, the arc and the story they yeah, were telling. how did that happen? I don't know. Maybe the label just being like, this is what sells a hot record, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> Still a great album, regardless. Yeah. Well, let's go chronologically through the movie a little bit with a segment that we like to call Carlos Quotes. She's feeling her oats and Craig's taking notes. Whatever they are, it's
1: Carlos Quotes. There's a weird, like, a uh, song that... Place
2: right
1: there <laughs> i'm gonna leave I mean, that a in a good song i'm gonna <laughs> leave that song. in thank
0: you jonathan um when david byrne comes in with the boom box at the beginning of the movie carla said say anything <laughs> <laughs> that Solid. would be amazing if we went he went right into in your eyes at, mm-hmm. the, at that point point. Mm-hmm. and then for some reason during psycho killer you said paul simon
1: <laughs>
0: why did i say that <laughs> i don't know Maybe it's the way he was strumming his guitar. Uh,
1: maybe. I just don't know. singing about
0: streets and stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just
1: seemed very Paul Simony.
0: <laughs> uh You began to respond to David Byrne's strange dance moves and said, what's going on with that guy's neck?
1: Oh, yeah. So what was that?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, in his book, How Music Works, he has a long chapter about how he found his dance move style it's actually like the most boring chapter of that book <laughs> but you can learn about it
0: <laughs> please synopsize it How for did us
2: he, find them? he basically was like i was at the cbgb everyone was a traditional punk band thrashing around i didn't want to do that but i was too white to dance so i tried to just move weirdly <laughs> oh. wow i really did just <laughs> a very long chapter
1: <laughs> yeah he does get his neck to do things in a way where you're like oh that that's gonna hurt tomorrow morning
0: yeah <laughs> he's very limber you gotta give him credit uh, I
1: wasn't discredited. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But, uh, specifically the, uh, the once in a lifetime dance moves, which, uh, definitely me and Andrew memorized. It's in the original video as well, uh, for the studio version that mm. they they shot for it. He does the same dance moves, but he does kind of this thing where, where he hits his head with his yeah. palms. So that's a little bit like a, uh, a Baptist preacher, uh, getting the demons <laughs> I guess, yeah. on himself, you know? Uh, and then there's this weird move where he the chopping the forearm. Chops, yeah. it yeah. chops his forearm. <laughs>
1: Uh, Is that the the song from Down and Out in Beverly Hills?
0: Yes, and I believe there's a Carlos quote to that effect. But uh, does it play over the opening credits of Down and Out in Beverly Hills, or is it just in the movie at some point? Okay, I
1: think it's the ending. It's been a while.
0: I have not seen that movie since it came out.
1: Well, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's a really funny movie.
0: Uh, Bette Midler. Yep. Yeah. Big fan. Yeah, (laughs) we know. We know. Um, We know. Yeah, David Byrne uh is a famous weirdo but very charismatic. Like you yeah. can't you can't help but watch him. Yeah. And I think he's got a great voice.
2: Oh, I think it's beautiful. He does weird stuff with it, but the actual like timber of it, I'm always like, "How? It's so lovely." It's yeah.
0: it's actually kind of high and operatic in a weird weird way. Yeah. But then he also kind of sings as a character in a lot of songs, too. Not just Psycho Killer, but, you know, he puts on a little character voice. Yeah. Like Swamp. Swamp. I was just yeah. going to say
2: my least favorite.
0: Really? How that <laughs> one go? Hi, hi,
2: hi, 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 hi. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it, I don't understand. That's the one that I'm always just like, I don't get this. Yeah. <laughs> this band is too much art for me.
0: <laughs> uh. Well, that, I, that is one thing that they did well in in final transmission of like the idea of it being an art band, yeah, you know, which gave them permission to just do a lot of different stuff. There's one thing; it's like a straight up Tom Waits parody at one. Point, oh yeah,
2: a hundred percent Tom Waits. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but then the first song, which is like, it sounds exactly like an early Talking Heads song. I think is like is Art plus Student. Oh,
2: Art plus Student. I love that song. It's like such a jam. I still have the um, demos that Armisen <laughs> made for us in my iTunes. I just listen to them. I'm such a nerd. Wow. <laughs> I'm such a super fan. Uh, so and
0: was cool that just wow. like Fred singing by himself with yeah, a guitar? Yeah, yeah just
2: him and guitar. And then he, he I think he might have put his own little drums on it too, just so we had a sense of the, <laughs>
0: the groove. But
2: wow. that, it, and I'm it, alert, I'm always just like, these songs are incredible. I know they're jokes, but they're so good.
0: Yeah. Art plus student equals poor, right? (laughs) Art
2: plus student equals fun.
0: (laughs) Uh, When Tina Weymouth comes out, Carla said, Who's that lady? She looks like an astronaut. (laughs) Because she's she's wearing a a jumpsuit, right? Yep. (laughs) And here's Carla at about the 10-minute mark. Baby, this isn't a movie.
2: (laughs) (laughs) there it is folks
0: (laughs) it's right there on the record were you
2: hoping that would get you out of watching the rest of it yes
1: i have to watch 40 minutes of all of them okay with is the deal
0: yes she needs well a third a A third third. which is usually for a two-hour movie is 40 minutes this is more like an hour and a half so you really only only had to watch a half hour you watched the whole thing i did yeah
2: it was in the background (laughs) it can be it's kind of like a music video
0: but after we watched the first half hour Um, I think you were falling asleep a bit, um, and I was getting upset that you weren't into it, and so I turned it off, and, uh, and you got upset that I turned it off, and then you said, play your movie, play your movie, play your movie, I'm not fucking watching it again.
1: (laughs) We did get mad at each other in this one. It doesn't always happen. It
0: doesn't always happen, but I think it was more of the late night. Yeah. Also,
1: you were playing it so loud and the door was open and I was like, our neighbors are probably not okay with this. It was like 11 o'clock at night. You're talking about those people across the street. (laughs) Terrible people. They
0: they play mariachi music. Oh,
1: I was talking about these on the other side of our wall. Those
0: guys, we know those guys. (laughs) They don't care. You're probably jamming. (laughs) Oh boy. Uh, my favorite song, I think, uh, just in the, it's live version is Slippery People.
2: Oh, I love that one. Is that a
0: fun one to sing?
2: It's so much fun. It's the first one where the backup singers come out. So that was always the one where I'd be like amped up waiting in the wings. And then it's got a cool groove. It's got like good vocals on it. Yeah. How does kinda, that one go? Um I What's the matter with me? You're going over. What's yeah. the chorus? Uh
0: What's the matter with him?
2: What's the matter with him? He's all right. How do you know? Yeah. 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 There's a lot of words. <laughs> we were both right at different places in the song. <laughs> right.
0: We I haven't, was, we haven't rehearsed, guys. We haven't to rehearsed. To be
1: fair, I was just looking at Tawny.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that, I was she knows it better than I do. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of call and response mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the full band is out by burning down the house. So you get all nine, burning there. Burning down the house. Yeah. And I think Carla started to get into it a little bit at that point.
2: I think it's pretty funky there. You were, yeah. you
0: were moving around a little bit. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Carla and David Byrne. He's got a lot of energy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is always the improv note you give for somebody that you don't know what note to give them. Mm. <laughs> you got a lot of energy up there. <laughs> You
2: really commit. You really, you really went for it.
0: <laughs> you really commit. Um. Um. Um
2: another What's great talking head song <laughs> life during wartime
0: or is that first oh yeah life during wartime is the uh you probably know that song This this ain't no party this ain't no disco this ain't no fooling around
1: can you like sing it
2: this ain't no party this, this ain't, ain't no disco, disco. yeah this ain't no fooling yeah. <laughs> yeah i
0: know that one I that's like that a pretty one. well-known song and that's a big workout song yeah uh, all the, jogging all jogging all the time <laughs> uh there's a nice little lyric in the song Making Flippy Floppy where he said, Our president's crazy. Did you hear what he said?
2: I almost took an Instagram story of it because I was already storing it just because I, I saw, was like, I yeah. love this movie. And then I was like, oh, should I post that and have like a hot take about it? <laughs> <laughs> a hot Insta take.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you love Insta stories?
2: I do just because it's like so dumb. I get to be a little baby filmmaker for half a second.
1: Yeah. And it's there's no real commitment because it's going to be gone tomorrow. So you can just like put up stupid stuff and not worry about whatever. I love it. I I love it it so much.
0: You've really committed to Insta stories.
1: Well, not really. I do like maybe a couple a week.
0: But I I think you do. Okay. You do. okay. I commit
1: to watching them. Uh, I really like watching. Yeah.
2: Scrolling through right before I go to bed. We can't yeah. all be
0: as prolific as Busy Phillips.
2: <laughs> no one can. Nope. She said on Spontaneous Nation the other day, she goes, I mean, at this point, I'm basically just an Instagram
0: celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, that's her thing. She knows yeah. who she Guys. is. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, Birdie and I are. Uh, and then at about that 35 minute mark, I think uh, halfway through making Flippy Floppy, carla said okay that's enough to listen to tonight
1: (laughs) it was because it was so it was really loud yeah Yeah. and i was like and it's cool it's fun music but yeah not not late i was like okay i'm done
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh but then the next day during a quiet moment we're both just uh kind of surfing the net by ourselves and carla said why don't you put in that music video
2: Hey, (laughs) coming around?
0: (laughs) She was ready for it. She was ready to finish. Uh, the cinematographer, by the way, same cinematographer as blade runner. Really? Yeah. Though of course the lighting design was just for the stage show, Mm -hmm. you know? So like that lighting design was already planned by David Byrne and the technicians uh, on the show. And then, you know, I guess the cinematographer comes in and does film lighting on top of the stage lighting in, in some way. Uh, Jonathan Demme uh, had just shot the movie Swing Shift, mm-hmm. which we watched, I think, last year and Tried is, to watch, is yeah. terrible. It's a Goldie Hawn <laughs> Kurt Russell movie.
2: Oh, this was in his, like, dark, like, d- trying to do comedies phase.
0: Well, th- this is more, it's a little more drama, but with comedic elements. Okay. Um, and it's, it's kind of, it's about the women who worked in the factories in LA during World War II, huh. make, making bombs, uh, and stuff. But, uh, Goldie Hahn, I guess, had final cut of the picture mm-hmm. and she didn't like his cut of it and asked for extensive reshoots. Whoa. So after David Byrne or after uh, Demi had made this deal with Talking Heads of like, we're going to shoot this uh, movie uh, th- and they were went on tour, uh, he had to go and do all these reshoots on this oh movie he God. didn't like making with Goldie Hahn. So his girlfriend – Uh, followed talking heads around on this tour and took note of like what musicians were where during different points of the song and like how the stage set came. So she took notes for him on numerous shows. She
1: got paid. (laughs) (laughs) For real. That's no fun.
0: Uh, on numerous shows to, because they were, they were only going to have three cracks at shooting it and getting it right. Wow. Uh, and the first night at Pantages, they only did wide shots. So whenever you see that shot from the back of the full band and you get a picture of the uh, what what the stage looks like that was during that first night. And then they did all of the, the more close-ups and handheld stuff on the the second and third night. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> a little inside baseball there.
1: <laughs> uh, I love it. Good morning.
0: <laughs> Uh, when David Byrne pops up at the beginning of Swamp, he's lying down on his back and then there's this eerie red light on him like he's the devil. Yeah. Uh, and he pops up uh, into the camera. It's such a cool moment. And Carla says, peekaboo. <laughs> 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 and then Carla said, I mean, what are we even going to improvise? I can't believe it's on your list. It's not a movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. And then you mostly you listen to the movie, you listen to it. You 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 were uh you were working, you were taking some emails. Occasionally, I'd make you look up at the screen, and I said, "You should look at this lighting." And you looked up for sight, and you were like, "Cool." <laughs> 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 but each song does have its own visual style. Mm-hmm. Uh, so each thing, I guess, each thing is its own music video. Yeah, in a way. Uh, I love this must be the place. Yeah. Uh and he's got his famous dance with a lamp in the middle of that which I think Fred Armisen recreated for final transmission was there yeah. a dancing with a lamp moment yeah that?
2: he had a megaphone and a lamp post okay and it was very stupid <laughs> this must be the place is my favorite to watch um burn uh not bernie uh, alex weir really be way too much like okay. he's too much for the frame you can tell he's standing next to david byrne who's stock still just like barely moving and alex weir is just like yeah like grooving <laughs> out like playing solos that don't <clears throat> exist oh i love it <laughs>
0: Another tension, I think, be- uh, among the members of the band is that David Byrne, you know, wanted, you know, they're not trained musicians. They all were self-taught. Uh, and you can actually hear David Byrne say this on the commentaries, like, one thing I like about playing with Chris and Tina is that, you know, they'll play the same boring bass part over and over for the entire song without changing it because a trained musician would want to do more things in solo and stuff like that. Yes, so like yes. he has a concept of this song uh, and this must be the place is, is a song where they all switched instruments so that it's this way it has a very rudimentary uh sound yeah. to it because none of them were playing an instrument that they were comfortable. They with. normally
2: play. Yeah. Tina's playing guitar. Who's playing bass?
0: Maybe David Byrne. I don't know.
2: Oh, you mean like in the recording of it? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not not did. in
0: the concert, but in the original version. Because yeah. she does
2: play in the concert. Because I know our bassist Jamie in this must be the band. She always had to switch to a guitar, and she was never very comfortable.
1: <laughs> oh, neat. Uh, but also, like, what a way to not really give a compliment. Right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. I feel like he does like, a lot of that. It sounds
1: like a compliment, but then all the words are negative. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh, in doing research on David Byrne, by the way, I found out that he dated Cindy Sherman for four years.
1: That feels right. Doesn't it? <laughs> that that yeah. does,
0: that does feel right. Carla, big Cindy Sherman fan. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We yeah. went to see her show at, uh, Black the Broad. the Broad. Yes. Mm-hmm. Then. <laughs> Uh, With about 20 minutes left to go in the movie, Carla got way distracted by the Korean missile launch. (laughs)
1: Fair.
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Were were you uh, on social media as that was happening yesterday?
2: Was that yesterday? Um, Well, I mean. Or was it the day before? It was Sunday, I think.
0: By the time we released this podcast, there might have been several Korean missile launches. Right. No, this,
1: this was the one where they were like. Japan has just told its northern
2: residents to find a place to go hide. Oh, <laughs> yes. yeah. It went over Hokkaido, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't remember if that was yesterday or Sunday. So I don't know where I was.
0: Yes. The, this was, uh, for listeners, this was August 28th. The missile launched on August 28th, not yeah. the one that destroyed us and all.
1: For five <laughs> minutes, uh, it was that it seemed like that missile was going to hit northern japan yes and then after that all all the tweets were just it flew over japan and then but like what happened to it right so then for the next 10 minutes i was freaking out okay it flew over where did it go where did it (laughs)
2: land i was doing a comedy bang bang i just realized
0: (laughs) is that where you want to be when the end comes Uh, maybe (laughs) doing bits how was your bit (laughs) I think it
2: was pretty good. <laughs> I did yeah. an impression of the grape stomp lady at one point. Oh, oh my! Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I melted myself down. I could not recover. So you know,
0: oh,
1: that's so good. I'm what a, a great impersonation to do! I
0: will never ever get tired of grapes. Grape stomp impression,
1: impersonation, impression. <laughs> What's
0: is difference? she a person? I don't, I don't know. Difference. Uh there actually is a distinction.
1: And it was explained to me before and
0: I Well, forgot. an impersonation uh, has to be a look and capture, That's right. you know, mm. an impression is more like Dana Carvey's uh George right. Bush, okay. you know, Got which it. is like when you actually listen to it doesn't sound like him but somehow captures the essence of who he is right. to the point where people now do the Dana Carvey George Bush instead of doing an And actual an impersonator
1: Bush. usually does the one person. Like uh, typically yeah. it's like they dress like this person. Yes. They sound like that
0: person. Yes. Yeah. So you were doing a grape stomp impersonation. You you came I into the up, studio. Yes. yes. I
2: got into a bucket. <laughs> I felt I hurt myself. <laughs>
0: I'm sure Scott appreciated that. He
2: didn't know it. He was like, what is that? Afterwards, I was like, are you doing a bit? He really did
0: not know Grapestop? After I
2: explained it to him, he goes, oh, yeah, I think I remember that. (laughs) Uh, That is one of
1: the best things ever on the internet.
0: Too good for viral videos, Ackerman. (laughs) You heard it here. (laughs) Uh, But as Carla is giving me updates on the Korean missile launch, the song What a Day That Was is playing. And it's literally the point where David Byrne is singing, we're going boom, boom, boom. Uh, (laughs) That's the way we live.
1: Very upsetting.
0: (laughs) So again, he was a prophet.
1: Very upsetting moments
0: in my life. (laughs) Then Carla added her own lyrics to the song Once in a Lifetime. (laughs) And, And here they are. A nuclear bomb just flew over Japan. You may ask yourself, "And am I going to die in a nuclear attack? <laughs> you may ask yourself, am I being neurotic? <laughs> Solid. You
1: may ask yourself, how did we get here?
0: <laughs> Great question. And then she added, this is in down and out Beverly Hills, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you immediately started singing along with Genius of Love.
1: How does that one go again? <laughs> Uh, what are you going to do
2: when you get
0: out of jail? Oh, I'm yeah. going to have some fun. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, the, we already talked. We already this, did but, that. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> See, I can't. They don't stick to yeah. my brain.
0: Well, the. The title. I actually knew that song for years without realizing she sang the phrase "genius of love" at the end of the song.
2: Because the scanning is so poor. It's so
0: weird. He yeah. is
2: the genius of love. It's like what? It
0: genius? doesn't sound like anything. Yes. Yeah.
2: That's
1: called scanning.
2: Yeah, like when you scan a song and the emphasis doesn't fall correctly because of the rhythm of the melody. Oh. It's like you know, like songwriters like Paul Simon get really intense about that because they're like, people have to be able to like sing the way that they speak. Mm-hmm. english words but something like pop music doesn't care so i see yeah That's it really, really stresses
0: people out i feel sometimes. like i've learned
1: more in this one than i have on an <laughs>
0: <laughs> and here's carla just updating me on the uh the geography of asia of things that are close to korea fiji could be in trouble mongolia is so big too what's going on in mongolia <laughs> These are great, <laughs> Carla was trying to calculate <laughs> what's within a missile's length of uh, of North Korea, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I
1: don't think they can get here yet, <laughs> even though I keep Ugh. reading that it's possible. Ugh. it's pretty far still no, sorry to come from, get, from a boat yeah. sorry to get weird and sad no I mean this have is to come from a boat. you're in. right. I didn't even think of that, of course,
2: yeah, that's why we control Hawaii. That's like the big deal about. Out, right historically, is that why we took over Hawaii? I believe it's such so. Such a strategic base to like. Of course. Know,
0: and then why we still have Guam and mm-hmm. those other Pacific territories of American Samoa.
2: <laughs> Guys, what a time!
0: What a day that was. Is
2: yeah. that next?
0: <laughs> well, then after Genius of Love, Genius of Love, uh, the big suit comes out. Yeah. Uh, for for girlfriend is better. My second worst song
2: don't care it. for that song no I think it's bad do you yeah. like it eh, not one of my favorites but I, I think it's like a poorly written song I think it's like <laughs> wasn't finished how does it go Uh, I got a girlfriend who's better than that
1: oh yeah You know,
0: there's a lot of weird slant rhymes it's just it's not my favorite and that's where the title Stop Making Sense comes from that mm-hmm. that song gotcha. yeah uh, but I guess he wanted a suit that was kind of like that they wear in Japanese no theater. Oh. So like these big uh, samurai suits where the actor is just kind of swimming in this giant costume. <laughs> so I guess he had seen some no and uh, wanted a suit made for him that would make his head look tiny <laughs> in it. Yeah, and it worked. It worked. It did. It did what it set out to do. Uh Carla said, why does he make that fashion choice?
1: <laughs> There's your answer. That's <laughs> like art to me.
0: <laughs> uh, and then you said, he looks like a cartoon character. Uh, you started singing along with uh, Take Me to the River, except you're singing Drown Me in the Water. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you're still worried about that missile. <laughs> <laughs> it's just there. It
1: lingers. The anxiety.
0: Then uh, this is a really long music video. Uh, and I said, it's under an hour and a half. And you said, you're kidding. This is like three hours long.
1: <laughs> the songs are very long.
2: Yeah, they can be.
1: They're, they feel long. And I think part of, I don't know nothing about music. As I'm about to say this, this could sound totally cuckoo.
2: <laughs> Go for it.
1: But I, f- it feels like even the songs are repetitive, like, within the song. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's the same notes again and again. Yeah. And I don't know that that's totally true or not, but...
2: It's a lot of true. I mean, that's kind of where, like, jam music sort of took... Insp- you know, they were this cross between, like, art punk and sort of jam, so... That's okay. That's definitely what, like, Grateful Dead does and, like, yeah. Fish, which are not bands that I listen to that much, but, like... They do a lot of repeating.
1: So I feel like I'm really into the song for like a minute and then I'm like, okay, yeah. okay. And then it feels like somebody just tapping me on my shoulder constantly. <laughs> mm,
2: do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And so I think that just makes everything feel longer and I can appreciate it. I get it. You know, I understand why it's interesting.
0: <laughs> I'm yeah. not an
1: idiot. But it's just like, just to sit there and watch it, it feels very, um, yeah, irritating. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they came out of the New York art rock scene of the late 70s. So they played at CBGBs with like Blondie and Television and the Ramones and Patti Smith. Like that, that was the scene Mm -hmm. that they came out of. And so that original sound is very much like jangly, like repetitive, kind of dissonant guitars. Uh, and then they started working with the producer Brian Eno, who had uh, done a lot of experimental music with David Bowie and uh, with Roxy Music. And uh he started to add more, like, African rhythms to their songs. Mm-hmm. And then by this time, they're working with all these funk musicians. So they're kind of coming from more of, like, a dance and funk background. So it is an interesting mix of kind of white and black influences on on the music, you know. And that's why it's fun to see an interracial band, mm-hmm. too, just kind of jamming together yeah. in that way.
2: yeah.
1: I didn't mean to say that their music's irritating. I just meant like
2: <laughs> No, I know what you mean. It's,
1: it's like,
0: repetitive. But when it is you're
1: repetitive. sitting there, when you're yeah. just when you're not like watching a band, you know, live or you're not like listening to it and moving around and you're just sitting there, it yeah. feels like kind of invasive in a weird way.
2: It's like you have to be hooked into either being like really invested in the new instruments that are coming in and like I feel like a musician's ear goes to like, oh, what's he doing on that guitar? Or like mm-hmm. the moment where Bernie Worrell inexplicably plays uh he plays like jingle bells or something uh-huh. in a p- keyboard solo. And you're just like, what amount of drugs did you think <laughs> that like a weird Christmas song was going to be fun? I guess because it was in December. That makes sense. Um, so yeah, if you're not listening for those little like variations and you're just kind of trying to have it on his background music, mm-hmm. I, I get how it would be a little, yeah. a little nagging.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and even his voice. It's sure. like, sure. <laughs> again and again (laughs) Uh, i get it which is cool it is cool though
0: i get it it's different it's different but uh, but I can get that it could be grading, you know, under the wrong circumstances. Like certainly. when a missile
1: – when you think maybe a missile is flying towards Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. It
2: sounds like you had like a lot of real things to worry about. <laughs> and this like art punk man in a giant stuffed animal suit wasn't really <laughs> – was
1: it speaking to you? Or it was like, stop reading about the missile and watch this movie on my top 100 list. And I'm like, I don't know. There might be a missile somewhere.
0: And I'm like, we got to fin- We got to bank eight episodes before you leave for Portland. <laughs> Got to. Phew. <laughs> okay. I. Yeah, I just watched a six-hour documentary on the Grateful Dead. Well uh, no, it's it thank was you. released theatrically as a six-hour thing, but <gasps> but it's a, it's released in bits and pieces as a series on Amazon. Man, and it's,
1: I can't think of anything I'd rather do less than that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you what: other than a very small period, which has the songs that everybody knows from the Grateful Dead, when they're doing like more like country rock stuff, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, like Sugar Magnolia, Truckin' uh Uncle John's band like the songs from that era uh Ripple um I don't really know their music that well and I I did see them once with Bob Dylan and Tom Petty wow. in 1985 one of my first concerts Wow that's cool um and i just i did not get it i didn't get it then i don't get it in general but i've had friends that were deadheads but i think honestly a lot of it is tied to the drugs yes. that you're doing yes. and you're meant to experience this music on hallucinogens yes. you know and mm. i think for a lot of music that i just have not been able to get into or not been able to get uh, uh house music is another thing you know there there's music that's deliberately uh in in techno is intentionally to be done while on ecstasy. <laughs> you right. know. Of like everything about the beats, uh is done to calculate the the total experience and I think people who love that stuff are are thinking a little bit about some extra sensory experiences mm. uh that's tied in with that music.
1: Uh my two stepsisters, um, we like our parents got married when we were teenagers, so they were heavily into drugs i think it's okay that i'm saying this it's i'm saying it oh well uh but they were heavily into drugs and they were huge dead and fish fans Mm -hmm. and they would go and like follow the bands around or whatever over the summer and they're they're both sober now yeah (laughs) and i asked them a couple years ago like do you still listen to fish or they're like no no no
0: (laughs) oh it's like triggering
1: yeah i think it's probably triggering but yeah so like even i knew that like as a teenager uh, I was like, I don't get this music, but they were so into it, and so I felt like, oh yeah, it must be, I don't know, maybe I'm speaking from total ignorance here, but it must be really enjoyable if you're on drugs. Yeah, and yeah. now
2: like half of Fish is sober. So, oh really? Yeah, like Trey's totally sober. Wow.
1: Do Do they still play together?
2: Oh yeah. That's yeah.
1: gotta be so hard to be sober and like.
2: He seems chill. I met them. They were all the nicest men in the world. And I felt bad about not being a bigger fan. (laughs) So I like went and like tried to listen to a bunch of stuff to like get versed. They're all really nice. But yeah, they keep a sober backstage environment. I hope it's okay. I'm saying that it's very family oriented. All their families are there and like, that's really cool. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. I think they've just been doing it so long. They're like, yeah, we did the like crazy cocaine and drugs and shit. Now we're just trying to like be a band, (laughs) just trying to make music.
0: Anyway, I found that dead documentary really worth Watching because for something that is just a huge cultural phenomenon that I've kind of been adjacent to but didn't understand, I think it really shed some light on me on them <laughs> for me yeah. uh, and made me appreciate them because it really it really gets inside baseball uh, on their stuff. But they're probably one of the most documented bands of all time. So to go back 45 years into their history, well, there's film and recordings of everything, yeah. you know, so it's a they're a good band to document because nothing is lost. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and every performance is completely different.
0: Yes, and they talk to the fans who obsessively have been keeping tapes for 40 years wow. as, as well. So they they really get into it. I, I recommend Long Strange Trip on, right. on Amazon. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> We're like Goldilocks here. <laughs>
2: He's like, it's great. I'm like, maybe. You're like, hard pass.
0: <laughs> I think I had just one more quote. Oh, yes. I'm not improvising singing tomorrow, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> great! I did not hire a musical director for this episode, so we won't have to. Eben is not here, we won't have to uh, sing any I songs. I love
1: Eben. <laughs> it's great.
0: Uh, we do hope to have Eben Schletter on at uh, at some point on the show. We actually have a movie lined up that uh, I think he will like doing. So cool. Uh, if you don't know the voice of Eben Schletter, you might get to hear it on this podcast. Ooh. Tease, tease, tease. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carla, want to give this movie a letter grade?
1: No. I'm not going to, for the first gonna, time in Craigslist. No, what? you,
0: you opted out before. You opted out on Paths of Glory. Did I really? Yeah.
1: Oh. Now it doesn't Incom- feel special.
0: Incomplete?
1: <laughs> uh, I am not. Allowed to grade this because this is not for me. Do you know what I mean? Are any of them for you though? Yes. Some really? Of the movies on his list? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like I like some of them. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've given some an A plus, a couple.
0: Really? Uh, there's actually been several A's, yeah. several wow. A's. Yeah. Yes.
1: Um, but this, and it's not this. It's not that I'm opting out because this is bad. Because it's not bad. It's very interesting. But I'm not qualified to rate this music video.
2: <laughs> what about like pass fail?
1: uh pass.
2: So it gets to go on to its next level of
1: (laughs) Well I do have a little bit so Craig is the one who wanted to do this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm enjoying myself. Yeah. Here here's why I say that. Because he wanted to go through his list and kind of rework it perhaps and like check in with his list. Yeah. Check Mm -hmm. in with his top one hundred list. I don't understand how this is higher than maybe Silence of the Lambs. We or, just
0: did Silence of the Lambs three weeks ago or four weeks ago. Like
1: I don't know. Oh, I can, and that's so funny because it's another Jonathan Demme movie. Interesting. Yes. Mm. But I just your the rankings on your list are confusing to me, and I understand why this is special to you and you think it's a great movie. And there's like this nostalgia with your friend learning the dance moves. Mm. Like I get all of that. <laughs> but if we're talking about the top 100 movies, I don't even understand how this is in the top 50.
0: It's mm. interesting. I think I'll move it down a bit. Oh. I think it'll move it down. Since we just saw Silence of the Lambs and comparing those as two different Demi movies, I will say Silence is better.
1: And it's not even that I'm grumpy about it. Like, it's your list. You
0: can't understand it.
1: I just don't understand it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Is there something to, did it originally rank higher than Silence because it's so unique? It's like groundbreaking for its genre, whereas Silence was groundbreaking, but not so genre-bending.
0: I think part of the reason it's on the list, uh, other than just my general love for it and my long history with it, is it is the best example of a concert film. It's the best concert film ever made. I know it's a performance film, uh, Mr. Demi, but, uh, yeah, it's, they've, it perfected uh, a certain art form so i like how unique it is and i like that a concert film does feel like a a movie with characters and relationships and that's one of the things that we praised when we talked about silence of the lambs is how much humanity he brought to the characters and to small yeah. little moments to actually get you to care so when the when the plot kind of sets into motion you really care what happens to clarice and i think that's what jonathan Demme was so great at is adding that humanism uh which i think he brings to this movie too but yeah I'd, I'll, I'll maybe i'll move it down somewhere in the 60s
1: okay yeah. so i'll give it a b minus how's that <laughs> that's great. like it's it's verging on a c just because it wasn't my thing but that's not really that's what i mean like it's hard to grade no, this one because cool. i just didn't connect to it that's cool but i thought it's well-made. It's interesting. They're doing cool stuff. <laughs> what a suit, was what I thought. What,
0: what, a, what suit. a suit. So what does the B- minus stand for?
1: Uh, um, uh, boy,
2: I'm going to regret having graded this. <laughs> <laughs> when the internet all yells at you. Yes, exactly. The internet's going to yell at me for talking trash about Grateful Dead, so don't worry.
0: <laughs> Tani, you want to give this a letter grade?
2: I mean, I... For a concert film, yeah, it's an absolute A plus. But Carla brings up an interesting point that it's not like universally accept it's not easy to watch if you're not a fan or if you don't have some weird hook into it. So I guess because it doesn't it's not that universal, maybe I'll give it like a A minus.
0: Okay, mm. cool.
2: Maybe a B Thank plus you for listening to my voice mm-hmm. in this.
0: Did you happen to see Justin Timberlake and the Tennessee kids? I did not. That was a concert, that was, I believe, the last documentary that Jonathan Demi made before he passed. Wow. Uh, he did a concert wow. film with, uh, J- Justin Timberlake, uh, for Netflix, and it's fantastic. I'm sure. It, it looks great, and that is a little more of well that that was a vegas show that i think he was doing uh and i'm i appreciate justin timberlake a lot i think he is an incredible entertainer i don't really care for his music sure. you know that much but there's some songs that i really like Yeah, <laughs> so, rock your body i mean come on come on um <laughs> uh but it's it's another great film and he's also made uh uh, he made uh Swimming in Cambodia, which all documentary now also parodied yeah. r- really well with Bill Hader. Uh and then he did concert films with Robin Hitchcock. He did three different ones with Neil Young. Um wow. and they're all very good and very unique. So, you know, delve into Jonathan Demi's documentary career.
1: Skip Ricky in the Flash or whatever that's called. <laughs>
0: that yeah. was his last fictional film. Such yeah. A yeah. Mm. Not I love great. Meryl. <laughs> <laughs> uh you want to improvise a scene? Yeah. 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 Let's do it. Uh, what are we going to do? Well, Talking Heads, uh, they broke up in 1991, did not tour after 1983. They put out their last album in 88. Uh, but then they did reunite at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, when they were inducted in 2002. And they put on uh, three songs at that time. But it might have been an awkward conversation. mm. And, uh, so maybe Carla, you could be, uh, Tina, <laughs> Tina Weymouth, okay. and Tawny, maybe, right. maybe you're Chris France. Okay. <laughs> so this is just a conversation. That's the
1: drummer. Yeah. yeah. I'm the, yeah. yeah. So you guys, yes, you guys astronaut. are a couple. <laughs> the
0: astronaut? Okay. <clears throat> hey guys.
1: Oh, yeah. Hey, check it out. <laughs> oh, oh. I tried to be friends with you.
0: <laughs> we are friends on Facebook.
1: Right. I know, but you're just very difficult to be friends with.
0: Why, because I poke you? I don't understand. Do you not like social media?
2: Hey, Tina, babe, he's trying. He's doing his best. You're so chipper. (laughs) Hey, you know, the beat lives in me, babe. David, thanks for having us back. Uh, I know we got, you know, some weird blood between us, but uh, hopefully we can just get inducted and go out for some hot wings after. Yeah.
0: I like hot wings. If they're not too hot.
2: Um, okay, some medium wings, I don't
0: care <laughs> as long as there's blue cheese to dip them into,
2: yeah, ah
1: oh, gosh, uh, all I want to do is make music that's that's all I want,
2: <laughs> yeah, we've been doing pretty good, we've been touring together,
0: oh uh, really, what kind of music has you put out?
1: I mean, we're not trained musicians, but we I know, know what you're we're not
0: doing. you'll play the same boring bass part over and over, and I like that.
1: It sounds like a compliment, but then if you write down the words, it's yeah, not... when you write them
2: down, they sound bad, like an
0: insult,
1: but you say it in a nice way, so thank
2: you.
0: <laughs> so here's the set list we're going to do today Oh okay cool i thought we'd open with psycho killer which is just me
2: uh, okay sure okay so then we'll do the other two songs
0: well then i'm going to bring out a cuban band and we're going to play a cuban song oh and then maybe we'll do something at the end where you guys come out
1: sometimes i feel like you look like a, an upside down bobblehead in a, in a
2: good way
0: hmm hmm an upside down bobblehead Maybe.
2: Uh oh, he's getting one of his classic <laughs> David Byrne ideas.
0: Dun dun dun
2: Whoa, he just froze and looked <laughs> off into the middle distance.
0: Now I'm turning around upside down. My head is bobbing. I like that. Thank you, Tina.
1: Oh, anytime. By the I mean, way, I, here's I'm my a good friend. G-
0: this is my girlfriend, Cindy Sherman.
1: Oh hey Cindy, big fan. <laughs> big fan, wow, you look so different than you did just two seconds ago.
0: <laughs> She's taking pictures of herself and changing every time.
2: Thank you so much. <laughs> <Gotta> go. <laughs> oh wow, she just ran out of here on a on a uh, razor scooter. That was crazy. <laughs> a razor
0: scooter, dead on, dead on, Cindy Sherman. That,
2: but I felt like it went really well. That
0: yeah, went really well. Thank, Thank you.
1: Me. I did. I just picked up a bunch of stuff you guys said <laughs> yeah.
2: I and mean, I wanted to it regurgitated in. it.
0: I wanted
2: to slip in a. James Brown still is the godfather of soul, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> the things he says during Genius of Love are so insane. Yes. And I know because I've seen them <laughs> written down in a binder of lyrics. And it's yeah. not until you look at them and someone's learning them next to you, you're like,
0: this
2: is this is
0: batshit. You ever seen the Genius of Love video? No. The original video? It's oh, a, It's yes, animated. A long time ago. Yeah, It's yeah, animated. Yeah, yeah. It's really cool. Remember that. Uh, Tawny, thank you so much Thanks, for joining honey. us. Thanks for
2: having me. This is
1: so fun. I really did learn a lot. I I give this podcast, this episode, an A+. Oh, yay. (laughs) Uh,
0: I thought that Paul F. Tompkins and Jaws was maybe the best fit we'd had so far but this even topped it of in terms of somebody being more qualified than anybody else to talk about this particular movie man
2: it has a it has occupied a lot of my life (laughs) 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 talking about it now i was like oh god i'm one of those people that like has a thing that's so
1: great and i bet you have a great david what's his face impression david Byrne.
2: Um. No, it's kind of like Kermity.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he is kind of Kermity. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's going on with you? This is going to come out, I believe, late September or early October. Oh, uh, Anything you want to promote?
2: Yeah. So, um, my real band, not a tribute band, um, <laughs> called Four Lost Souls. It's me and John Langford and a couple other cats. We just had an album come out on September 22nd, and that one we recorded in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. Wow. Yeah, we played with the Swampers. We played with David Hood and Randy. McCormick. It was fucking crazy. We also went three days after the election, so it was like, hi, four hundred person town in Alabama. Two (laughs) Uh, black women and a Welsh dude (laughs) going down there like um Yeah, but we made this incredible album. It's like an homage to the shoals. It's basically like outsider, like we're these outsider country artists, and so we're paying homage to it. Um yeah, so then we're gonna be doing a nationwide tour. Those dates are still kind of TBD, but on my website, um, com, there should be more of That's them. That's so great.
1: So cool. Congratulations. Thank you. That's amazing. You're so
2: talented. <laughs> you know, I'm just always trying to do two things at once. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, and then next, speaking of, and then next week, I think I have a show coming out on BET called Ooh. The Comedy Get Down. With, oh, cool. Yeah. It's with like Cedric, the entertainer, and George Lopez. and oh, cool. It's very funny. It's very like big, broad humor, which is so funny because I've been doing all this like nerdy improv alt comedy shit for so long and now it's like nope here's a show on bet bitch like you are going to be set up punch <laughs> is it a scripted show yeah it's scripted but it's about they're playing themselves so they're not really like sticking to the script
0: but it was it was cool
2: how fun yeah, wow. it was
0: great. yeah so this uh actually will come out october 18th <laughs> uh and hopefully bajillion will have a home by then so. that, that we can announce yeah, yeah.
2: bye jillian
0: and, uh, uh, the hashtag by Jillian, uh, and Carla, you're living in Portland now.
1: Yeah, it's going really well. And,
0: uh, <laughs> I hope. <laughs> yeah, it uh, is. That's all I got. Yeah. I think you're actually visiting me this weekend. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm in nice LA. You're Coming in Portland.
1: i I really missed
0: it. Uh, well, Carla, next week. We're going to go into 1984. No, we're not. Not <laughs> ne- not nearly. Uh, we're going to see a nineteen ninety four film that set during the uh, the quiz show scandal. Oh, and I already revealed what it is: <laughs> the quiz show scandal quiz show. of the late nineteen fifties. This is a Robert Redford film uh, starring Ray Fiennes, John Turturro, Ooh. Rob Morrow. Uh, yeah what happened to that guy what happened to that guy the star of Northern Exposure we'll talk about it then but uh, you've seen this film
1: yeah I think this is a great movie
0: okay well good hopefully more than a B minus in Carla's mind so Craig listeners uh, thank you for tuning in Uh, thank you to Tani again and uh, are there any questions the list is an absolute good the list is alive.